Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to (laughs) WTAF, this country podcast. I'm here with the man. He's just had his turkey dinosaurs for tea. He's now going to pop over to Florence's for steak and chips while watching The Simpsons, then down to the keepers for shots, you big, bold fanny. <laughs> it's Neil. <laughs> what a charmer. What you, a charmer. You know what? I wasn't going to put in the big, bold fanny. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so... Oh, dear. I'm going to stop there. Yeah. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to introduce our very, very special guest. Uh, our Superfan guest this week is a broadcaster, a DJ, a podcast. Her excellent podcast, Soundtracking, is a unique insight into how movie makers, actors and composers use music to inspire them and how they use music in their own films. The podcast has just won two gold awards at the New York Festival's Radio Awards and it's not Christmas until we see our guest push Chris Moyles off screen in the proper Crimbo video. It's Edith (laughs) Bowman! (laughs) Hi, Jess! Hello, Hello, how are you? I'm really good, thanks very much. That's a lovely intro. Didn't involve Fanny in my intro, though, which is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> a shame or a blessing? Well, I don't know. If, if anyone's familiar with any of the Iron Brew adverts, then they'll, they'll know that there's the word Fanny's used quite a lot in those adverts. If you haven't checked them out, then I would definitely encourage you to check out the one that involves a woman who's just given birth who decides to call her newborn child Fanny. Uh, it's very funny. That's all I'm going to say, but you will now go and seek it out. It's a very funny advert. See, that is what YouTube is for, is for those yeah, particular that, and things. And you guys deserve some kind of money from Iron Brew. For- <laughs> 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 uh, so we will, we will chat about you um, uh, a little bit later on, but obviously uh, the whole This Country, uh, when did you find out about the show? Uh, through word of mouth, really, and and kind of people just going, you're going to love this. And also because my husband is uh, from uh, Stroud. Well, he grew up in Stroud. Right, oh, okay. Um, and so we spend a lot of time out there um, and see quite a lot of that world uh, and those people from, you know, from kind of being out there. And I think that's 
when comedy is at its best when it taps into real life and it taps into real people and real the you know the ridiculousness of people's reactions to things and relationships and family and all that kind of stuff so uh yeah there was a lot of kind of um kind of thumbs up from people and lots of reasons why I should watch it and so I did and I just thought this is genius was that from the first series well I didn't watch it as it was happening so it was kind of one of those things I think it was maybe a couple of episodes in the second series that were that was kind of that that had been talked about and I was like I've got to go back and and kind of catch up sort of thing so it was one of those things which I've done recently as well with completely different type of tv thing but with handmaid's tale of kind of kind of binging it you know to kind of get up to current speed because it's that thing as as much as you try and avoid storylines and funny lines and all that kind of stuff and even with comedy as well you know it's not there's not so much of a, a kind of like dramatic exploration or, or revelation sort of thing but i think that um but you want to do that thing where you don't feel like you're not missing out You've got to be there and watching it as people are watching it sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it was probably kind of as the second series was was kind of being made available. And, and are you a fan of the sort of mockumentary style? Yeah. I mean, all that kind of stuff, whether it be in TV or in films like Four Lions, uh, which I, I just think is one of the funniest films of the last kind of, well, for in my lifetime, I think. I just think it's... It's genius. It mm. really the performances are are just pristine, and the comedy. And you know, sometimes it is that thing where the most difficult subjects to talk about, or the kind of the risky subjects to talk about, are probably most well handled with comedy, and are best handled with comedy, and and have the better reaction. And I think that's a really good example of it. Do you, do you miss the fact that there there isn't appointment TV anymore? with the fact that everybody used to crowd around a TV at like 8 o'clock on a Thursday or 7 o'clock on a Thursday to watch Top of the Pops or something like that. Yeah, I, I do, it's actually. It's different I, now. And, yeah, and that's kind of been highlighted, I think, with the World Cup being on, weirdly, you know, in terms of that thing of, like, what was it, 18 million people tuned in to watch the England game sort mm. of thing. It wasn't, like, exciting. No. But uh, <laughs> being a bitter Scot who hasn't qualified for a champion, you know, any kind of competition in the last 80 years or something. But um, But, yeah, I think there is that kind of that thing and sport seems to be really the only thing or royal weddings seem to mm. kind of do that um i think even like stuff like eastenders and soaps and stuff don't really have that pool anymore you know in terms of of tuning in so yeah i kind of miss that and i i don't know i like that i like that thing of kind of when i had a normal job where you'd kind of go into an office of a day you know and, and even when i was at places like mtv and radio one and stuff you'd kind of you know, you had a place that you would go Monday to Friday to do a job regularly, and so you'd you'd go in and you'd all talk about that thing that you watched last night, or did you see this, to see that sort of thing. And now that's kind of just sort of uh, kind of saturated, I think, on social media in terms of so many things are being talked about by so many people. So you kind of can't really have, apart from actually, you know, things like this where you can have proper conversations about things and series and episodes and characters that you really connect with and make you laugh or you really like. So what is your favourite uh, particular episode from this country, either series? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know it that specifically, to be honest, because not, I've not kind of gone back and re-watched stuff. Right, right. Um, so I, I, just, I, just, I just think that relationship 
between Daisy and Charlie is just it's so unique but it's not if that makes sense so it's it's every I think everybody can relate to it and everybody sees I think themselves and both characters that's the Mm. really clever thing that they've done um and so that's what makes it universal I think and so and so watchable and so funny um but also I can't think of another series that has nailed it quite brilliantly because especially the brother sister thing as well do you know what I mean it's like yeah and having a kind of younger brother who uh you know he knows how to wind me up and mm-hmm. I know how to wind him up I think um he's got this brilliant thing that he does where he he sort of he's not a Trump supporter and he knows that any mention of the Trump winds me up and so he but he knows so he just mentions it and so I got him for, I absolutely got it like total pranked him at Christmas where I got um I got a Tiffany box uh but inside that Tiffany box I bought uh Donald Trump toilet paper uh <laughs> and wrapped it up and but deliberately didn't wrap the box up so he could see that it was a Tiffany box. Uh and I'm I'm quite a generous sister. Uh but um I mean that's maybe gonna be too far. <laughs> but uh but he genuinely thought that I bought him something of that size from Tiffany's and I made sure that my mum and dad knew and his son who's fifteen knew to be there and film it for me when he opened it on Christmas Day sort of thing. And it was, like, the best thing ever. <laughs> Has he used the Trump uh, toilet roll or not? I bloody hope so. <laughs> 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 for all excretions. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> now, watching, <clears throat> being that we're from sort of the area that this country is based on, um, we sort of understood his success, but it seems to have... Uh, gone around the country uh, quite yeah. and very popular and so much so that we've had a request to go up to Glasgow and do one of our live shows brilliant uh, and um but it, it was just understanding them i mean obviously there's characters like that in Scotland and all around the world oh yeah well. totally and uh well the, <laughs> so um the point i was trying to make was um do you think the that's a sort of um, within its charm is being so sort of um, universal in those characters and that? Yeah, I think that. Listen, I think that there are certain there are certain what not personality, I guess personality traits that are associated with different parts of the country. You know, based on what what's around them, what's their environment, sort of thing. Um, but I think that the the framework of those characters and really emphasising those types of characters. You could kind of pop them in Glasgow, you know, and they could be uh, uh, Ouija's, you know, Jakey Ouija sort of thing from Glasgow kind of thing. And, you know, and I actually, there is an element of it that, an elements of it that remind me of things like Wabsy Nesbitt, you know, in terms of that, you know, kind of it being based around family Mm. and, and just those kind of, and it's 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 about um it's it's not highlighting the negatives of those characters it's just highlighting those characteristics that are funny mm. that that make them so distinguishable and so recognizable i think as well um but yeah i mean it's it's it is i think it is thing i think it's things like that like shameless and 
Rabsi Nesbitt and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Where it is specific parts of the country that they're highlighting characteristics about that place. Um, but you could easily kind of place other places with the same sort of framework, but it would have to shift slightly with the characteristics or the things that, you know, that they fell back on for the comedy. Mm. Now, if that makes, does that make sense? That yeah, does make no, that sense. Does. Yeah, so when you said that, the first thing I thought of is like only fools and horses as well. Is that same kind of thing? Yeah. It's about it's, a family that's in London, but you could take that dynamic and put it anywhere around the country. Just, well, it's the realism of it. Do you know mm. what I mean? That's 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 the thing that the kind of, you know, the whole point of a mockumentary being successful is you watch it and it's just heightened reality, really. You know, it is... It is conversations. It is people that you've seen in those situations and react in the way that they've reacted, and um, you know, having differences and being fiercely loyal to 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 each other, but still kind of that almost being the niggle that kind of makes the argument start or the disagreements to all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The royal family is another one. As well. Oh yeah, exactly, Perfect. exactly. Yeah. The amount yeah, of times exactly. I watched the royal family and said, "My dad says that." Or yeah. my mum says yeah. that you know it's just you just you just yeah 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 yeah. I remember when we had um, when we had Rudy, he just turned ten, and um, and my mum and dad came down. We lived in a little flat around the corner, and amazingly, there was a little flat next door to us that was the, they were trying to sell, and so we said, look, is there any way we could like rent it off you for a couple of weeks so that our parents could come and stay and be kind of close by, and uh, and it was it it's. Uh, and I remember coming out one day and my dad being out front in, in a white vest. <laughs> and so, oh my God, the neighbours are just going to think that my dad's Rabsy Nesbitt. You know, it's, <laughs> even from just, the, just looking at them as well. And that's what they've done so well, yeah, yeah. I think, as well. It's the kind of imagery of it, do you know what I mean, as well, yeah. as those kind of, yeah, it's uh, well, yeah, very clever. Well, everybody seems to know sort of those characteristics. that We said, like, Big Mandy... Yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, Big every, Mandy. everybody sort of knows a character like Big Mandy and and people yeah. like that, and that's where the charm lies, in, in a sense. Absolutely. Um, now, in your career, you've interviewed probably nearly everybody. I would have thought, especially <laughs> even in just the the podcast, you've interviewed people that that are that ourselves. I mean, Ron Howard and Ryan Johnson, all these people. Do you get nervous? Oh my god, yes, totally. Because for various reasons, mostly when it's people connected to Star Wars in any way, shape, size, or form, because I'm a huge fan and I kind of don't want to, I kind of want to come across as being a fan, but not like a stalker or a geek. Yeah. Um, although I love a geek, I am a geek. Mm. Um, I've got a T-shirt that says geek. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but also to it's that thing of it's not that I want to impress them, but I want. I want to show enthusiasm and I want to get the best out of them. But you never know how you're going to get someone. That's the thing is like you could have done, you know, the most amount of research that anybody could physically do for an interview. And if you rock up and that person is in a shit mood or someone's just fucked them off, then it's kind of like there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. So, you know, you're kind of slightly in the hands of the gods in a, in a way to kind of how you find them. But, touch wood with the podcast in particular we've i've not really had a difficult interview i guess the most difficult one was hugh grant recently just because he's always so kind of he's so protective of himself i guess because he's been you know fucked over so many times yeah yeah he's been there done it and wore the t-shirt sort of thing so he was probably the most hard work 
Um, but touch wood, it's been really nice. And I think that part of that is because with soundtracking, we're getting them to talk about something different than what they normally talk about. So particularly if we get time with people in, you know, like a junket environment, people are listening to what a junket is. It's like a, it's basically like a, a, a conveyor belt of, of, of interviews. So the, the director or the, the actor or, or the writer are sat in a hotel room with a board behind them of a film poster of the film they're promoting. Mm. And they sit there for hours. They don't move. It's just the journalist or the, the person who's doing the interview changes every... And it's normally like eight minutes you get with them, which is ridiculous. But with the podcast, we can't... You know, we need a minimum of like half an hour, really. So we're kind of lucky in that, that sort of situation. But I have physically seen people's faces light up when they go... We're going to talk about music? Yeah. And what, my film? It's yeah. like, this is your film. <laughs> but I guess because they, you know, they're talking about it nonstop for days that any kind of light relief is a, you know, is, is a, a nice kind of experience for them. Well, I've been, I've been working through the, the back catalogue of, of the soundtracking podcasts and you can definitely tell when you say, like, goodbyes at the end, Yeah, you can tell that, the, that they are... A, relieved, and B, that they've really had a nice time because they are not doing the usual junket stuff. Yeah. And that's what I think is a lot, it's very refreshing about the podcast because, and again, at the very start, when you're talking about it, I was like Ron Howard, and Ryan Johnson was the one that I particularly enjoyed because he was, gen he genuinely was loving talking about his musical references that he uses in the movies. Yeah. I think my proudest moment was at the end of the Christopher Guest episode where he he said something, I can't remember word for word, but it was basically, you did a good job. And I was like, <laughs> from you? I love that. Thanks very much. So what... Yeah, I always, I always try, sorry, just jump yeah, in. Yeah, I yeah, always yeah. try as well with those, when, you know, I, I, I normally get put in a room uh, get, to get set up for them coming in sort of a couple of minutes before. And I normally, as soon as I can hear them coming down the corridor, hit record, because I hate those kind of... Um, those kind of pretend starts, mm. and so like we it's just did. <laughs> oh no, but, but but yours wasn't though. It wasn't a kind of like it was. It was. It just felt like a continuation of what we'd been talking about anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think those kind of so I even like also if I'm ever like filming stuff for for kind of proper telly or whatever, I always just sort of say, "Can you just start running?" Do you know what I mean? It's kind of because I think you just get. They kind of they if they if you give them the chance to kind of put up barriers and be defensive, then that's the time they're going to do it. So don't give them that opportunity. With what you said just a minute ago about like interviews going bad, at what mm. point in the interview do you know that somebody that you're talking to is pissed off or has had enough? Is it like the first question, or does it? Do you just get the feeling when you're sat there before you said anything, or you can get a sense, I think, from the atmosphere in the room, really. Right. Um, but it's also really weird, like, sometimes you're so in it that you can't be a good judge of whether it's good or bad. So we did, um, uh, Luca Guarnino, who uh, Call Me By Your Name's director, amazing film. I mean, just the most beautiful film. And he is Italian. And I came out of it feeling quite deflated, going, oh, that wasn't very good. Um, I don't really think I got, I got, I don't think he, A, I don't think he enjoyed it. And I really want people to have a nice time when they yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think he enjoyed that. And then and then, um, my mate who edits it for me um, sort of was, just, he emailed me after I sent him across the audio just going, 
he's brilliant. And I hadn't said to him about my worries sort of thing. He's like, oh, that's brilliant. It's really great. And I, and I was like, really? Are you sure? Because I was a bit like, mm, I'm not sure about that one. So it's kind of weird sometimes where you're kind of so in it that you can't be objective about it as well until afterwards. So do you have anybody on your wish list still? John Williams, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to penetrate the Williams camp from all angles. <laughs> so anyone who's got any kind of connection with him, I'm like, please, can you just put a good word in for us? He's doing uh, the Royal Albert Hall um, at the end of this year. And so I've already been in to see the people at Royal Albert Hall to see if they can help. I've also got someone at uh, U Music who kind of release all his scores to kind of help me on that front. Every director that's worked with him, I'm trying to get them to cut, you know, Ryan, I asked, I said, please, can you put a word in for us with, with John and stuff? So, yeah, I'm trying, but he's he's the, he's the top. He's my, you know, I would, if someone said to me, you can have... Uh, 20 minutes with him tomorrow I would literally get on a plane I'd kind of get another overdraft and fly to LA tomorrow to get 20 minutes with him mm. Mm. Absolutely. absolutely I mean that that wouldn't even I mean 20 minutes with him that would be just chatting about one film mm. I mean it's like who was I talking to yes Brad Bird so we did Brad Bird yesterday who's got The Incredibles 2 coming out and he was fascinating actually because he's one of those few Pixar guys who has stepped out. He doesn't. He's not just in that Pixar world. So he obviously did like Tomorrowland, and he did the um, uh, Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. Yeah, uh, and then he also did um, the Iron Giant and and stuff as well. And so, but he's a proper like John Williams geek. And just from yesterday, he was like, you know, all oh, the scores that you forget that he did away from the kind of big anthemic mm. ones. It's like man. I don't need a week with him. <laughs> Camp outside his house and just the microphone. So, John. <laughs> yeah, maybe take a cello. Didn't didn't um, an orchestra turn up on his doorstep? There were two people outside his doorstep doing the um, Imperial March, March. I think, and he, he came oh out God. and saw them and stuff. That is, That's amazing. That is fantastic. Um, so, is it is now with things like Twitter? I mean. We love Twitter because that's how we've managed to, to to get you as a guest. Yeah. Does that make it easier to get hold of these people that otherwise were just unobtainable? It does. A, it, social media media in general has been uh, we, we we wouldn't have um, been able to. I don't think we'd be able to do it for this long if we if we didn't have kind of social media because we didn't come from a you know we're not a podcast that's come from a broadcaster you know we're not a kind of BBC or commercial radio radio show that's then made into a podcast we are it's just me and a mate that make it and so we don't have those kind of big you know pr machines yeah, to kind yeah. of push us and drive us we so know we that rely, feeling yeah we rely on on word of mouth and we rely on people liking it be that listening to it or being a contributor and spreading the word about it but there have been a few guests that we've got purely through social media duncan jones was one actually um, so Duncan was about to release Mute and he, I think he just put a message up on Twitter just going, hey guys, I'm about to start press for Mute. If you've got any suggestions on, you know, interesting people you think or podcasts or whatever you think we should talk to, then let me know. And I can't even, I should find the guy's name to thank him personally, but someone said, oh, you should definitely speak to Eid on soundtracking. And then uh, I was following him anyway. So then he followed me and DM'd me. And so I said, oh, should, should we do the podcast? And I was like, 
Sorry. <laughs> um, yes, please. Uh, and then he sort of said, you know, that he was he he, he was going to be in LA. He couldn't leave. He's about to have another kid. Uh, and was there a way that we could do it that way? And up until that point, we'd we'd actually kind of turned down a number of people doing it on, um, you know, like this or down the line and stuff. And because I think that for us, we really need that connection to get that kind of thing about them the trust and talking about the music and all that kind of stuff. And the only other time that we'd done it was when we did um, stuff around the EEs and we'd, we'd got um, EE had come on board, actually sponsor us for a couple of months. And so I'd kind of said, Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, why don't we, I'll get you all the, uh, all the nominees for the rising star. Not a problem. Of course we can. <laughs> it was hard work, but we got it in the end. And a couple of those were done um, via like ISDN. So Timothy Chalamet, we did via ISDN and Tessa Thompson was like, in her trailer on set sort of thing. We managed to do it just on her phone and I I think I managed to log into some weird like online ISDN thing. Anyway, um Duncan was like, So I'm gonna be in LA and I was like, okay, well let's i I'll find a studio, which part of LA is best for you for a studio and stuff. And then he was like, What about if, if I got Clint along to do it? And Clint's done the podcast before. I know Clint quite well. In fact, I'm I'm gonna to have to see him tonight actually. And um and I was like, this that would be great. It would be brilliant to get the two of you together because then we can talk about Moon and all that kind of stuff. And and I've, I had real kind of worries about it and how it was going to work, if it was going to be a delay and all that kind of thing because they were in L.A., I was in London, and it worked brilliantly. It was so, so good. So there was him and then Daniel Pemberton as well also was through Twitter, just him getting in touch. And then, yeah, it's amazing. And L- Lauren Balfe as well, actually, another composer. Yeah, the composers are well on it. And there's also a guy that works at Air Studios who's, I think he's like a mixer. So he's the one who kind of makes everything sound flipping awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw him when I was up there. Uh, John S. Baird invited me up to have a listen to some of the score being recorded for the Laurel and Hardy film that he's got coming out oh, with. Oh, my Steve God. Steve Coogan and John C. Riley. That's going to be amazing. Laurel and Hardy. Mm. I know, and I saw two very little scenes from it and it's like oh my god yeah and to watch the kind of score being recorded as well it's such a magical thing anyway this guy came up to me and he said oh i love the podcast he's like i've actually kind of featured on it weirdly from a lot of the films that i've worked on and i do all nick cave and warren ellis's scores and all this kind of stuff oh shit please will you come on so it's really nice and that's another nice thing about it not being affiliated with a traditional kind of you know, radio station or whatever, because when you have that, your goalposts are quite restricted because, you know, your editor will be like, oh, well, I don't know who they are or they're not big enough names to have on. Uh, and for us, that doesn't matter. It's about it being interesting. I know we've had big names on, but we just want it to be interesting. That's why I've had people like um, uh, Sarah, who's a music composer, uh, music supervisor that we had on, you know, ages ago. And then, you know, looking down that route of those people, those unsung heroes who are so, so intrinsic and part of that process that, you know, they don't get a look in. So we kind of, it's important for us to kind of bring those people into the conversation as well. Completely agree. Um, Edith, yeah. obviously you love your movies, as we do here. What movie coming up in 2018 are you most looking forward to now? Ooh. Okay, I'm going to do this because he's my mate, but I do think the film's fantastic. Hotel Artemis. Oh, yeah. is coming out in July. It's already out in the States and it's written and directed by a really old mate of mine called Drew Pierce, mm. who uh, has got this fantastic 
unique brain and imagination and that's come across in this script that he's written because there's nothing really like it it is an ode to a lot of films that he loved growing up and he's made this film because he never thought anybody else would he's got the most brilliant cast in it jodie foster's in it um uh who else is in it uh, uh sterling Sterling K. Brown's in it as well. Um, Sophia, Ver- I can never get her name right. You know who's, uh, in, who's in the Mummy and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And and um, and your man from um, oh my god, brain fart from <laughs> uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, Drax. Oh, Dave, Dave Batista. Batista. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Dave Batista. Jeff Goldblum's in it as well, and. It's just, it's really great. It's really different. It's really unique. And I'm really, really proud of him because he's like, um, he ended up in LA by chance. You got stuck there when that, that ash cloud hit and, and sort of got meetings and forced himself into meetings and meeting people and kind of from that got, uh, got a kind of a chance at Marvel to do some writing and stuff like that. And I'm just really proud of him. And I think he's done a fantastic job both in terms of, the whole thing, but I think just the narrative of it and the aesthetic of it is great. And he's got Cliff Martinez has done the score as well. So that would be my exciting tip. And it's, it's you know, you've only got a month to wait. It, if you haven't seen the trailer, I'd recommend looking at the trailer. Yeah, it looks yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's out there. It's, it's, yeah, the whole premise of a kind of, you know, a, in a kind of almost kind of like borderline apocalyptic universe, LA, uh, of this this brilliant uh this hotel for criminals mm. run by nurse jodie foster mm. nice the relationship between jodie foster's character and uh john batista might it's sorry dave batista might be one of my favorite double acts of recent times right just keep an eye out for that one then very interesting uh, right yeah. before we uh, uh chat a little bit more we've got a little game we're gonna play okay okay we're gonna play or Kerry or Curtain. Now, I'm going to give you a line of dialogue. You have to tell me whether it's Kerry or Curtain. Okay. <laughs> so you've got a 50-50 chance. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for number one? I think so. Here we go. There's no chance I'm going to Trowley Bottom Farm. Kerry. That was Curtain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two. Which one of you is breathing so loudly I can't hear myself think? Kerry. Curtain. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> number three. <laughs> I love the fact you're still saying it so confidently. Beat me at, at chess. It's like, come on. <laughs> Number three, I don't go to school anymore. Where the hell is he getting these vouchers from? Carry this time, please. That is Kerry. Well yeah! done. Well done. Uh, Number four, I went through a really dark phase listening to Papa Roach and blowing everything up with them little French bangers. Kerry? It's curtain. <laughs> <laughs> I can see your tactics now. I can see what your tactics are. Uh, number five, no birthday posts yet. stuff as well. Number five, no birthday posts yet. Well, it is only half five in the morning. That was Kerry. I <laughs> say. Well, you, you didn't totally disgrace yourself. Why are you going to any game shows? <laughs> you can't, well, you got one out of five. That's not too bad. Um, so I've got another question. Um, yeah. <laughs> You've obviously interviewed a lot of musicians as well as yeah. movie stars and directors. Is there a particular side that you prefer? Do you prefer interviewing musicians to opposed to movie stars? Um, no, they're moody bastards. Right, okay. That's I what live was... with one as well, so it's right. like, you know, I've got this. <laughs> yeah. um, 
you know what? There's there's more to talk about with people in the film world than there is with musicians, I think. And I'm not I'm not putting composers in that bracket with musicians. I no. think with composers there's a whole stuff, but I think with kind of people in bands, there's a limitation sometimes, I think, with how much you can talk about and how much they will talk about. It's I guess it's more a case of of what they will what they're willing to talk about really. Um and you know and and it's it's kind of it's weird these days as well, at least I sound like my mum. Like where <laughs> there's there's so many artists now that they don't write their own stuff. You know, even people like, you know, your Ed Sheerans and your James Bain stuff. Yeah, they're involved in the writing, but there's a there's a team of writers that are involved in it. And so I always kind of find it quite weird when you then when you want to talk about the you know, the lyrical content of a song or the story or whatever and stuff. And for me, that's what I love. I love about an aspect of music is the storytelling. You know, you listen to an album like one of my favourite albums, Midlake, The Trials of, of Van Panther or Coast Corner by Richard Hawley. And those albums tell a story. You listen to them from beginning to end and there's a story there. And I know that music has different needs and different uses. And of course, you want to stick on a, a pump and dance track at some point or you want to have a good pop song that you just kind of lose yourself. The lyrics don't, doesn't mean shit. You know, Spice Girls, Zigga Zigga, whatever. Do you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. Mm. But I think that it's harder. It's becoming harder to actually get into the nitty gritty of songwriting with artists when there are so many people involved. Ah. There you go. And is there any particular people that on the musical side that you've enjoyed interviewing? Is I mean, yeah, I've, I've had loads of great experiences and I've got, I've got actually two weeks of it coming up with them. Um, I'm doing uh, Isle of Wight for Sky Arts and Sky One this weekend. And then the following weekend, two weekends is trans. Sorry, is transmit up in Scotland, which is uh, used to be. It's kind of taken over from Tea in the Park. Right. So you know that's kind of um, Arctic Monkeys, which I'm. You know, there's a great example of someone I'm really looking forward to ch- chatting to because that album is. It's really polarized people, and it's really, it's really interesting direction for them as a band to take. And so for me, I'm really interested in the story of that and finding out. You know you know, how they got to that point and was it a band decision, was it an Alex Turner decision, you know, in terms of how, how you know, democratic was it, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's one in particular I'm really looking forward to chatting to um, over the next couple of weeks, Start to Monkeys. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, going back to this country, Edith, um, obviously yeah. at the end of Series 2, it left us on a bit of a cliffhanger, what was going to happen to Kerry. Yeah. What, with this, um, we've got some, a special coming up and then Season 3 coming yeah. soon. What, what would you like to see happen? Um, oh, man. I mean, there's so many things that could happen. That's the kind of weird position of it, I think. Um, <laughs> I would like... Do you know what I would like to see? I would like to see them, like, properly... Um, like, properly be ripped apart. Right, okay. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that so that there's then a lot of a lot of bridge building to be done, but in their specific comedic way. Yeah. yeah. And so I I think that um because that's what I think that's really clever about it, that it's funny but it's dark as well. It's got you know, it's got that real kind of dark comedy to it as well in, in terms of the honesty of it, I think, sometimes. Um and I think that 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 would be a really interesting thing because that's again, you know, that's real situations that that's that happens 
to people where there are big fallouts about something that it's not easy for it to come back together mm. and it's not easy for them to find that ground of where where they exist with each other so for me I'd really like to see it kind of really just kind of shit hit the fan in terms of that that relationship mm. well, that would be interesting that would be very interesting what, what do you want to happen I don't know. I keep one minute. I keep thinking to myself. I I think Kerry should go down for um, the who not Hoovers was the, the, Dysons. the Dysons. Yeah. Then I've got a funny feeling that like curtains going to get wrapped into it somehow, and I really don't know. It's it's weird because there's like you say, there's so many different things that could happen that, that you yeah. sort of think it's 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 quite wide open. I don't think but that's I mean, clever. That is very that's clever. Clever writing in terms of do you know what I mean? That that you, like you say, you can't predict it. No. no, no. I would like to see a dad get away with it. I know that sounds odd, but I want him to stay as a character. I don't want him banged up or anything like that. Mm. I, I want him to still be that wily but bastard he, that everybody then hates. Then he's an itch that is, that you can't scratch, and and I hate things where there's a villain that never gets his comeuppance. Yeah, but so he's got to get his comeuppance sooner or later, and that's that's the thing I think. But Martin's brilliant. Oh, he is. And, and I think wherever you put him, whether he's on the inside or outside, I think that he'd be he'd still be a f- kind of force. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm, yeah, I completely agree. Be interesting, whatever they do. Whatever they do, indeed. Um, Edith, thank you ever so much for spending some time My with pleasure. us. My pleasure. Thanks for asking me. It's so nice uh, it's... to go on, on other people's podcasts. And, like, I mean, I can't stop looking at the wall behind you as well. Well, if you ever find yourself in Stroud... If you ever find yourself in Stroud, please come well, that extra 12, all the time, to be 12 miles, come to Sirencester, come to our little... It's only a little tiny studio, but it is covered yeah. in Star Wars stuff. You will love it. I'll, I'll drop you a message next time we're heading down. Absolutely. Yeah. And come and do yeah. another, the other podcast that we do and we can chat movies, movies, movies. Yes, absolutely. Okay. It'd be wonderful well, to chat. Get a, come and have a pint in the Ram, which is the local uh, where we drink in um, um, Woodchester, North Woodchester. So, yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd yeah, be fantastic. Awesome. Thank you ever so much, Edith. Um, Pleasure, guys. Thank you very much, Neil. Um, thank you very much, Pam. Let me just uh, let everybody know if they would like to subscribe to the podcast, please, and also rate and review it. That helps us try somehow to get higher than uh, soundtracking on the uh, TV. <laughs> it's never going to happen. I think it happened no once. No one's ever going to get higher than my dad wrote porno, so I know. just give up It's now. just one of those things, isn't it? <laughs> um, and also, come and Maybe follow us. Maybe if you've made a podcast called Bum Night, it might <laughs> Yeah, Bum Night. We've got idle poos over there and penis, penis, tip. penis tip. And I've got like, yeah. a like wang over here that you can't quite right. see. But Perfect. there you go. We'll Bum give Night, you... I think, would be a winner. Yeah. Um, I tell you, it doesn't take much for us to start a brand new podcast. So bum. you're putting ideas <laughs> yeah. in my... Yeah. yeah, my bum, my mum loves a bum night. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. It writes itself. Yeah. <laughs> you can find all our stuff on uh, social media at WTAF This Country. Um, Patreon.com forward slash WTAF for loads of rewards. It helps, uh, uh, helps us keep the podcast free and keeps it running. Thank you again, Edith. It's been a real pleasure yes, to speak to you. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Neil. Bye bye. And go and get plumbed, you fuckers. <laughs> Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. 
we're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal! That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes! It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything! Oh, you saucy devil! Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.